to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength exercise that will help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can drain you of the mental strength you need to be your best. Today, I'm talking about how to reframe your shame. People often confuse guilt with shame, and they're closely related on the surface. Guilt involves feeling bad about something regardless of whether anyone knows. You might conclude you made a bad choice and opt to do better in the future simply because you want to be a better person. Shame, on the other hand, involves a deep-rooted fear that someone's going to find out what you've done and judge you harshly. Consequently, shame might cause you to lie, destroy any evidence that you messed up, because you're desperate to preserve your reputation. Scientists can see the difference in the brain when they examine people who experience guilt versus shame. In MRIs, shame sets off high activity in the right area of the brain, but not in the amygdala. Guilt activates the amygdala and the frontal lobe, which ultimately means that shame is just a much more complex emotion. Keep in mind that guilt can be healthy. If you feel guilty that you yelled at someone, for example, you might make an effort to keep your cool next time. Shame isn't healthy, however. It causes us to hide things. And it reinforces unhealthy beliefs about ourselves, like, I'm not good enough. That leads us to believe that we just aren't capable of doing any better. So rather than think, I made a bad choice or something bad happened to me, you'll believe I'm a bad person. But we often confuse the two. In fact, sometimes parents think it's a good idea to shame their kids. A quick online search pulls up hundreds of thousands of videos that parents have made trying to shame their kids into behaving better. There's one video with a mom who makes her teenager stand on the street corner wearing a sign that says, I'd like to steal. There's no doubt that this parent was desperate to get her son to change, but public humiliation isn't an effective motivator. There's even a barber shop in Georgia where little boys get what they call the Benjamin Button haircut. A barber essentially gives little boys a really embarrassing haircut that makes them look like old men. Parents who are frustrated with their kids' behavior take them to get this haircut as a way to embarrass them. But shaming kids doesn't change their behavior. In fact, it often makes it worse. After all, who's more likely to say no when they're offered drugs as a teenager? The kid who grew up being told they were bad for making mistakes? Or the kid who was told they made a bad choice, but that they're capable of doing better next time? Kids who believe they're capable of doing better make better choices for themselves. But when we shame kids, they grow up believing that they're bad people who aren't capable of doing better next time. The same can be said for adults. If you believe that you're a competent, capable person who's good enough, you'll make healthy decisions for yourself. If you believe you're a bad person and you invest a lot of time into covering up the things that you do, you'll struggle to create your best life. While there are lots of things that we might feel shame about, some common reasons are sexual abuse, being in an abusive relationship, cheating on someone, or even having an eating disorder. Sometimes people feel ashamed about who they are, like someone might feel ashamed that they grew up in poverty or they had a parent with a serious mental illness. At other times, shame stems from our behavior. 
Like maybe you feel shame over how you treated someone in the past. People feel shame about different things and to different degrees. Your personality and your upbringing play a big role in what you feel ashamed about. If you were shamed as a kid, you were likely emotionally conditioned to feel shame in similar circumstances. Even when you have no responsibility for what happened, you might also be more likely to develop unhealthy beliefs about yourself, and those beliefs can trigger shame-based criticism. By middle school, kids' emotional styles are pretty well established, meaning whether you were more likely to experience guilt or shame back then can greatly influence how you feel now, as well as the action you take. Kids who are more prone to shame are more likely to engage in unhealthy behaviors like unprotected sex, or they're more likely to use illegal drugs in young adulthood. People who experience the highest degrees of shame are also more likely to develop substance abuse problems. They get stuck in a cycle that's hard to break. Let's say someone engages in their addiction, and then they feel shame the next day. They're more likely to reach for whatever they're addicted to in an effort to ease their uncomfortable feelings. And the cycle continues. Not everyone who experiences high degrees of shame develops an addiction, however. Other people cope by using isolation, or they keep people at a comfortable emotional distance, or they spend a lot of time going to great lengths to cover up things that they don't want people to see. So how do you break the cycle of shame and what can you do about it? Brene Brown is the expert on shame. She's a shame researcher who has written several best-selling books and given a wildly successful TED Talk on the topic. She says shame needs three things to grow exponentially in our lives. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. As for the antidote to shame, she says shame cannot survive being spoken. It cannot survive empathy. So what does that mean? means the first step in overcoming shame is doing what likely scares you the most. Telling someone about whatever it is that you feel shame about. Opening up to someone who is empathetic will automatically reduce the amount of shame you feel. But that means you need to be careful about who you pick to share your story with. If your mother's going to ridicule you, don't tell her. Talk to a friend who you trust won't judge you. You might start the conversation by explaining that what you're about to say is really tough to share and that you don't want any advice. You just want someone to listen. If you don't have someone that you can talk to, you might reach out to a mental health professional. As a therapist, I've heard lots of things over the years that people have kept hidden from everyone. And I don't judge anyone for what they've done or what they've gone through. But I know how tough it is for people to share secrets for the first time. Some people cried. Some of them didn't tell me the whole story at first. Some people were in therapy for years before they found the courage to tell me something that they'd been hiding. After revealing something that caused them shame, a lot of people said they immediately felt better. But after a day or two, some of them began to question whether it was really a good idea. Something that Brene Brown refers to as a vulnerability hangover. They worried about whether I'd still look at them the same when they returned to therapy the following week. So we often address their concerns about this in treatment. And once people realized that I could appreciate them and not judge them, despite whatever they shared, they tended to feel a lot better. In fact, no one ever told me that they later regretted sharing. If you don't have access to a therapist, though, you might find it helpful to talk to a trained listener. There are websites like the one called Seven Cups, where you can talk to someone free of charge. You can stay anonymous as you chat with someone, too. Telling someone, even if it's a stranger that you speak to anonymously, might give you the courage to talk to someone in your life. 
If it feels too scary to tell someone, you might start by writing your story in a journal. Just getting your story out of your head and onto a page might help you experience a little less shame. And it might give you the courage you need to share your story with someone who can listen with empathy. So that's the best way to reframe your shame. Tell someone about the shame you feel and why you feel it. Bringing it to light can reduce your suffering. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.